everybody, welcome to another live show recording of Hashtag Authentic. This time I'm talking to Dominique from All That Is She, who I'm sure is familiar to so many of you. We actually recorded an episode together way, way back in the very first season of this podcast. And it's really interesting to compare her journey since then in our conversation together. Dominique and I met up with an audience at Waterstones Edinburgh in the spring. We had more of the wonderful Mirabeau wine and we talked about her exponential Instagram growth how she got where she is today, lessons along the way, and how she stays sane when her business is Instagram in the midst of continuous confusing algorithm updates. If, like Dominique, you want Instagram to be at the heart and center of your creative work, my class, the Insta Retreat, might be perfect for you. Past graduates have seen results like doubling their follow account, huge leaps in engagement, taking photos they're really and truly proud of, and going on to get their dream influencer work or book deals or increased product sales thanks to their accounts. Now, whenever I say that, I feel like I need to caveat it with, of course, results will always vary. Everyone's path is going to be different. But I can wholeheartedly promise you that this is the most comprehensive, in-depth, tried and tested and heartfelt class on the market. And it's the only Instagram class you're ever going to need. It runs for six weeks, but you also get lifelong access, which includes constant updates from me as Instagram changes and evolves, and weekly lives with me throughout every single class. There's also guest lives from visiting experts from time to time, and an amazing community of like-minded creative souls. If you'd like to know more, you can head to meandorla.co.uk forward slash courses, or I'll stick a link in the show notes that you can click to. Okay, so on to our episode this week. As always with live recordings, the sound quality is a little less brilliant than usual, especially when towards the end the mic started to make crazy helicopter noises during the question and answers, so we've done our best to get rid of all of that. Dominique is such a powerhouse of Instagram content creation and creativity, and this peek into her process and how her life has changed as a result is such a treat that I feel really lucky to be sharing with you all. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for this live podcast recording. Not going out live, though, to the whole world. So, you know, we're we're safe. We can say whatever (laughs) we need to say. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, my name's Sarah Tasca. This is my lovely guest, Dominique Davis. Hi. A.K.A. All That Is She. Um, And we're going to be just having a bit of a chat tonight about Instagram, about creativity, kind of some of the themes of the book. Um... If you want to tweet about it or share it, obviously, we would love that. Instagram stories, anything else. And we have a glass of wine for everybody over here if you've not already had one. We have kind of a sponsor with Mirabeau Wine. Their, um, their Instagram handle is at Mirabeau Wine. So they provided the drinks for free for us tonight in exchange for hopefully us giving them a little bit of a boost online. So kind of, I think of it as paying it forward. If we can all talk tonight about how lovely the wine was at the event, then the next author who needs wine for her event and has no budget for it might also get some wine and, you know, the circle of, <laughs> the circle of wine freebies continues. Um, so, yeah, should we just get stuck Let's in? Get yeah, so, Dom, you've been on my podcast before. Yes. We did this, how long ago, two years ago? Uh, yeah, it'll have been two years ago in January. I feel like I didn't know you very well then. It was one of our first kind of in-depth conversations. Yeah, I've met you at a board and press event and had a bit of a fangirl moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> I still remember seeing Sarah commenting on Twitter and it was when I had sort of not even a thousand followers. 
and you were talking about how you'd grown to 60,000 in a short space of time. And I was like, right, I need to know this girl. Who is she? <laughs> um, and then so I grew to 30,000, went to a board and press event and you were there. And that day you'd just released your first course or the day before. Yeah, which means I really just made my first money. Like, yeah. From what I was doing, I'd made bits and pieces, but that was my first day. I was like, literally like, there's, Dom, there's all this money in my bank. Do I, do I need a different kind of bank account? We'd, we'd been walking to the Vaughan event and I was with this is Jules. Um, and she was like, Sarah's just sold our course and did it. And I was like, oh, brilliant. And she went, she's made her NHS salary in a day. I thought she meant your monthly salary. And I was like, oh, can he? Mm-hmm. Still amazing. Still yeah. amazing. And then I met you and you told us, I was like, holy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I felt at that day, I felt a little bit like I'd kind of done a bit of a bank heist. Yeah. Like it was, I, I literally was texting my friend going, do I need a different bank account? Because now I'm not in like negative. Yeah. <laughs> I've had no experience of this before. Um, so lots has changed for me since then, but a lot has changed for you as well. Yeah. Since we spoke, in fact, I, I think I remember at the end of our podcast recording previously together, I said to you, I was only going to stay friends with you until you had more followers than me. And then I didn't want to speak to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, so how many followers did you have then? How many have you got now? Uh, it was 100,000 then because we'd just been featured by Instagram for the first time. And that pushed us over the 100k mark. And, and now it's 538, I think. <laughs> but that, that kind of happened. It, it has slowed down considerably, but that kind of happened in a year so it went from 100 to 500 by the end of that year that we spoke I think um is that right yeah yeah um it happened, so yeah, really, it happened really really fast um it has slowed down a little bit now but, yeah. well ebb and flow was kind of yes. the Instagram way and yeah. I think that that's important to talk about maybe we can talk about that a little bit tonight um but I feel like the first question that everyone's probably wondering is how? Oh. <laughs> how? Could you just give us like a quick rundown of how we can all get 500 that's yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of it was, at the beginning, um, I was sort of looking at everybody else's account. I was living with my mum at the time, because we were sort of in between houses, and a lot of the images that we were sharing, although they were very beautiful and very timely um, and sort of on trend, they weren't exactly us. And I still remember sort of having this little online persona who was so far removed from what I'm actually like. Um, I was like wearing different clothes, and it just wasn't me, and I think... We then moved into our new house, got in a bit of a flow of things, and we did the first All That Is Three. So if any of you don't know what All That Is Three is, so it's me and my two daughters, Amelia, who's 12 now, and Penny, who's five. We line up in a row, sort of, well, it was in height order. <laughs> it's not anymore. It's a this little is, bit this edited is the secret, now. yeah. <laughs> um, Amelia's actually taller than me. Um, but she goes in the middle, and we sort of push her down. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we stood in a line and we wear similar clothes or we do like a fancy dress or that kind of, or pick a theme. Um, and we just started doing that around the time that I did the podcast and the first image that we put on there, which was all that is three, which at the time there was not really any, um, mini me trend. There was no, there was no mothers dressing like daughters at the time. It was just sort of a off the cuff photo and we actually took it sort of like four o'clock in the evening it was like rushing against the light um and we shared it and at the time we had twenty thousand followers and the picture itself got fourteen thousand likes so it was like whoa this is something we're onto something here and then the following week i was messing about with some watermelon trying to do a flat layer which i am terrible at um and john was like 
Boy Dom, which is my partner. So he's called Dominic, I'm called Dominique. So we refer to him as Boy Dom, just to stop confusion. Um, so Boy Dom was like, well, why don't we do a similar photo last week? You know, the three of you. And I was like, nah, you can't post a similar photo on Instagram. You have to do new IDs. And he was like, no, no, I think, I think we should try. He did it and the same thing happened. So that's, it became sort of a staple on our feed and it still is now. Um, but those photos in particular sort of catapulted us really really rapidly so we were some of those images could gain 6,000 followers in a day just when after an all that is three um and then we got featured sort of two thousand I'm so messed up what's your first feature in all that is three yes I have so it was all that is three was the first feature that was January 2017 and then we had five features throughout that year from Instagram and every, and I mean, every time that the follower game was was different, um, but yeah, I think it was just sort of the 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 series that we've done have have really helped us. Um, we've done all that three. We've done objects for outfits. We've done scene from the ceiling. And every time we've we've picked a new series, it's just gained a lot of traction and um, sort of been on trend and gained a lot of followers as well. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much the. 2017 in a nutshell it's interesting you said on trend because I don't know if you agree with this but this is kind of my outsider perspective (laughs) is that you've actually set a lot of trends on Instagram like things like all that is three became a movement and now there are plenty of people and they put their own spin on it yeah yeah but people who that's a mainstay of their content is this is my family arranged in matching outfits and like shops (laughs) like the designers now put out mini me rangers yeah i mean i don't know if it was just a massive coincidence but yeah i think obviously people saw how popular they were on instagram and more and more people started doing it more accounts started doing it and jumping on it um and then shortly after sort of the mini me trend with uh, designers came out as well um some of them definitely were inspired by our ideas but yeah so I mean, it, it is lovely, and I, you know, we, we you always feel really quite big-headed saying, "Well, I don't have that trend," so you know. Um, but it has to start somewhere. It has yeah, to start with yeah, someone. I guess it does. And, I, and we do know when the first all that three went up, there was no mini mini trends. It, there was no mums dressing like the daughters. There was no, there was none of that. We had, well, we definitely hadn't seen it. Um, but yeah, I guess it's it's happened quite a few times with the scene for the ceiling. Although, so it's kind of, um, if you haven't seen it before, we sort of make an entire scene on the floor out of blankets or whatever else we find in the house. Um, and you can just do anything. I've been under the sea, I've been in an aeroplane. Um, and although the idea for that came, we saw it on Pinterest, there's a photographer and I cannot remember his name and he does it a lot with kids. I think we were one of the first I saw on Instagram doing it. And then again, because they're popular and they were doing well in likes and, and follow again then a lot of people started following suit as well yeah yeah and and this is one of the things that I've really seen change on Instagram in my time being there I'm like the, the grandma of Instagram <laughs> um in the way that people are playing the game now so people are lit some people are literally going to something like explore mm-hmm. and seeing what content is really resonating Absolutely. and then going right she is getting a load of followers by doing xyz <laughs> I need to do X, Y, Z. And as a strategy, like, you can't exactly fault it. It works. Mm -hmm. It seems to be really working for people. But my hesitation with it, and the reason I would never recommend it to somebody, is kind of the thing you touched on there, in that when you, in the early days, were trying to be everybody and trying to kind of 
just do what you thought was was the the rules of doing Instagram. It didn't gel. Like there was something that was meaning you were growing, but you didn't have that flow. As yeah. soon as you went, no, oh, this is us. This is me. This is what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm and did it in your own way, that's when the magic happened and everything yeah. picked up. Yeah, yeah, and we we always say that. We always, uh, you know, we, we, we tell anybody that, that, you know, when I look back at the status, the status is not Facebook, captions that I was putting back in 2015, 16, I was like, who was this girl <laughs> trying to sort of match even my captions to what everybody else was saying? Um, but I guess it, it is hard these days because even now we struggle because, because when we do an image... Uh, series and it does really well and if obviously that you know it picks up attention and a lot of people jump on board then after a few months it's saturated with that image um so you know even so and then what that means is it has a negative impact on our um engagement because by then people are sick of seeing them because they see it everywhere so then it sort of has a knock on and we think right well what can we do next and actually there is times we're thinking what can we do next yeah. everything seems to be done i mean um so I, I get why they're doing it and I, I get, you know, everybody just wants to grow these days and get as much engagement as possible. Um, but it is trying, I think it is probably getting harder and harder. The gap to find your space is probably is getting smaller. Because there's so much more content yeah. on there. And, like, and the yeah. bar is just up here these days. It's really high. Um, so, yeah, I, but, but like you say, it's never truly you. It's never authentic. <laughs> um, if you're just following everybody else's lead you know. no and it becomes like you say it kind of becomes something you've got to live up to let's go to though um, if you were starting now knowing everything you know now mm-hmm. talking about how oversaturated the the kind of the whole world of Instagram can feel mm-hmm. and how difficult it can feel to like kind of nail your own niche what do you think you would do um, I mean, we, we've always been advocates for sort of using what you've got. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's very easy to look at everybody else's account and think, oh, my goodness, I want to take photos like that. But if it means that you're having to travel sort of an hour out of your way to take that photo, it's not sustainable. Um, so we did, we've done that. We've, you know, we've travelled about on, you know, different beautiful um, landscapes and, and what have you. But in the end, it just gets tiresome and um, really stressful as well. So we, that's why we've sort of just sent it all to be taken indoors at our house or in our garden. And we rarely stray from there. <laughs> um, so we sort of use what we have, which is where like the scene from the ceilings came about. You know, it was just grabbing all the duvets and blankets and stuff that we own. Um, all, that, all that three came about because it is quite easy to do. So I think... You've just got to, uh, well, obviously, most of all, you've got to take photos that you love to take photos of, and all that is three is, is sort of, sort of is, assures that. Um, and then take photos that's easily accessible for you as well, because you want this to be an enjoyable experience. And Instagram, you know, it does have a lot of up and downs, and although most of the time it's really positive, there are times it drags you down. And if, if then taking the photos that you want to share is also adding to that stress, um, it's going to be a really awful place to be. So I think just making it as positive and as easy as possible to make the beautiful photos, then, then I think that's... I don't think we've changed much that with what we've done, I guess. Um, we've always, you know, just trying... To, and when we see, like, a trend fade enough, we, we try and find something else and, and keep constantly evolving. It is getting harder. <laughs> <laughs> like, the videos that we, we did sort of two years ago... Um, 
I guess if we posted those now, it just wouldn't work. And we've sort of had it up our game constantly. So, but I guess it, you know, it's good for you because you're always learning new skills, and we're, you know, we've only just upgraded our equipment. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll probably just do the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it would work, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree, and and there is a real pressure, I think, to try and be somebody else, and to try and kind of up your game by like, oh, I have to be traveling the world and I have to be a size zero and I have to, all these kind of hoops that you feel like you have to leap through in order to be successful. But actually my experience, the experience of so many people I've worked with and, and it sounds like your experience too and certainly what I've kind of tried to focus on in the book is actually the harder you can lean into yourself, the more you will make that connection with people. Because what we, that's what's happening is it's just a human connection. And even if you can never put your finger on it and never put a word to it, I think we all are quite good at knowing when something's a bit off about somebody mm-hmm. on Instagram or online in general, when you, you kind of know there's a disconnect and that you're not getting the whole story. Yeah. Um, and we can do that for really good reasons, but the end result can still actually have kind of a negative impact on the overall kind of growth or connection that we're making. And also the other thing to say is you talked about kind of feeling like you have to continually up your game and kind of stay ahead. But that's not going to be true for someone who's maybe at an earlier stage. So if you're listening to that and panicking and thinking, do oh, I so, have yeah. to like... Because <laughs> this is now your whole income, right? Yeah. And we've, um, sorry. And yeah, we've been doing it for three years now. So sort of, yeah. And we've just constantly evolved from that point. Um, you know, there's no way... We could have started our journey on Instagram and be doing the image that we're doing now. It's taken three years to get where we are um, and to do a lot of mistakes and to take on a lot of sponsored work that we wouldn't do now. Um, <laughs> we've done that a lot. Um, you know, and, and it's, it is trial and, trial and error. We've, we, you know, we've done photos um, and, and we've posted them thinking this is a trial. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then we sort of, you know, we, we do put it out there. We ask what people want to see and things like that. So... Um, but yeah, so if you're just starting out, you don't have to be sort of working out crazy, edited, amazing images um, at all. And there's plenty of people at the moment who are growing faster than what we are who aren't doing that. So Yeah, so kind of on the subject of growth, like you had this period of insane growth. And I think it's, that's, uh, you're one of my favourite case studies. You and Mrs. Hinch are like my two go-to <laughs> case studies at the moment because so many people, I think, look at Instagram now and think, oh, I've missed the boat. Like, mm. you've got a big following, but you must have been here for years and years and doing it for years. But actually, you were kind of post-algorithm growth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've been within the system that we have right now. And yes, it changes and the algorithm kind of keeps doing its own thing. But you were a perfect example and actually compared to kind of when I was starting out and growing in kind of my period of rapid growth like there are a trillion more people on Instagram that might not be an accurate figure but an awful lot of people (laughs) on Instagram um so there's more to access so when it works it really works and so Mrs Hinch has got to like she's nearly at two million in about the space of six months yeah just by being herself just by being hardcore herself no yeah. no shame about no, who she not is. Not at all, no shame at all. And I love that. Um, you mentioned boydom a little bit, and I, I know more recently, kind of, feels like in the last six months or so, you've you've now changed your bio, so it's, because you've been the figurehead of the yeah. account for so long, it's all that is she, it's you. Yeah. Um, 
but he does a lot of the work behind the yes. scenes with you. It's kind of a team effort. Mm-hmm. So let's just have a minute. Tell me about what, what Boy Dom does oh. and how he contributes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so Boy Dom, um, he's painfully shy, which is why he's never, ever on the feed, or very rarely. And the times that he is, he's being dragged on. Um, because people actually do like to see him. He's a good-looking bloke. Yeah, he's just... Yeah, he doesn't like it. Um, so, yeah, so when I first started and I was taking photos around my mum's house, um, so his job was already um, a photo manipulation artist, so he would work... Sometimes, well, long long ago when I first met him, he would be, he would be that horrible man on Photoshop editing the models to make them look magazine ready which was good for me because then I was seeing the process and, and so now even like Amelia kind of knows I look in the magazines it's all fake because she's watched him do it um but then he sort of sort of went from that to advert and um stuff like that so he, he was sort of doing that on the side and um, when I first quit my job and I was sort of doing Instagram on the side looking after Penny wasn't really that interested um and I would just be taking random photos around my mum's house or in the countryside that type of thing and then now and again he would go just send us that I'll just just tweak it a little bit <laughs> and that's how I kind of started um and then again when sort of when all that is three took off um he didn't have a huge amount of time involved um he was still doing his other retouching work and I think it got sort of middle of the fast year the fast year the fast year <laughs> um and he sort of we sort of said you know it needs two of us on this and um, we were getting quite a lot of sponsored work in and you know his his export is the retouching side so it just meant that we could then sort of take our account to the next level um I mean, he's taught me a few things, but he's he's not a very good teacher. <laughs> he really gets annoyed at it. He did say the other day, he was like, you know, I've just maybe I should need it and chew on my hands because. And I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, do you have better chew with his foot and all that? And um, he was like, what would happen if something happened to my hands? I was like, well, what would happen is I would try and take over. You You'd be the hand. Te- you would have to teach me. <laughs> then you would get annoyed at this because I wasn't learning quick enough, and then I would get annoyed at you because you'd be really patronising, and then would fill up. <laughs> so, so that would be it. Um, but yeah, so he he was really happy having a back seat, um, and that he didn't want any fame or any um, sort of gratitude, whatever. The, uh, any credit? Yeah, any credit at all for it. Um, and it was sort of I was sitting on the couch a few months ago and said, "Do you want to be in the bio?" He was like, oh, go on. No. So, yes, we're going to be by you now. It really should be all that is she and he, or but we? I could, all that, all that is we. Uh, yeah. well, all that is we. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would just be an absolute nightmare to change the name. Oh, God, yeah, I don't tell so I just, can't have another child. No, you can't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much where we're at at the minute. We just play to each other's strengths and so, somehow make it work. I do sometimes wish Rory, my husband's over there. No, no offense, baby, but I sometimes wish I'd married some sort of photo. <laughs> um, I just, picked well. Yeah, you, you chose well. Um, because it, and it gives your images, I think, like that sharpness, that impact that is, is possible to achieve in lots of different ways. But I talk about it in the book, kind of the photos that when you scroll through Instagram, certain pictures just leap out at you. And even before you know it, you've clicked on it and you're looking at it and you're like, it's just, it just grabs you, it's thumb stopping. Um, and I think the ability to kind of see things in that way and create those kind of really iconic images 
is a skill set that not everybody has and that you two together are like the dream team for. Yeah, we do. I mean, when, when we um, sort of, the, all that is three, uh, we try to make a conscious effort to, so every photo was edited. And I think at the time, all that is three would be taken, all three of us would be together at one time. And then it just got a bit too stressful. So we, we, we started then taking them separately and then he would just sort of combine them. So it wasn't, in Photoshop terms, it's not a lot of work. So a lot of our images were sort of um, edited, but they weren't, he can, the stuff he can manipulate and the, the actual images he can produce if he goes full on manipulation way um, is just incredible. Um, but it's not really our feed. But um, there, there has been a few recently where we're starting to use his strengths a bit more. Um, I think for a year we thought we wanted to make it as accessible as possible and we didn't want to be this really um, unattainable feed. Because, you know, it kind of wasn't. And I think a lot of people, um, after seeing our work, a lot of women and, and men did go off and... Um, learn a lot of Photoshop or a lot of editing uh, techniques on their phones and things like that. And so it is doable. Um, some of the stuff that we do now, that, that's for you, images have been a bit far-fetching, but yeah, we're just exploring everything at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that the secret of all that is three, because like, if anyone's ever tried to take a picture of a four or five-year-old, at the same time as other, getting good faces on the two of you and then also her yeah. not being a blur or like running up to the toilet so it actually brings me comfort to know that oh, you're yes, four yes. or five year old because they're very similar all are in yeah um penny penny i know her name okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're very similar in age and in temperament i would say oh yeah 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 <laughs> how do you find working from home working with your husband your husband, partner partner, partner. Boyfriend, forever be boyfriend, boyfriend yeah. of course yeah, you're not interested in marriage <laughs> no. are you um and also having the kids around like in school holidays mm. and Penny is it? I keep wanting to say Peggy today. Penny's only recently started school, right? Yeah, so uh, she's in year one now. So we've had sort of this is our second year of our being in school from nine till three. Um, we've only just started doing after after school clubs just because nine till three whizzes past. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely difficult. And I think when you're self-employed and um, when it comes to school holidays, you just Every time, and every time we're like, why did we think this again? You think you can manage it. <laughs> you think that you don't need after, like, you know, out of school care or any child minders and you don't enrage anything. Um, and then it gets sort of, we've just done had half term and we just had to say in the middle of it, we are not doing anything this week. There is just, it's impossible. Um, so, I mean, it is tough. I think now that she's at school, it's a lot easier and it's freed up a few hours. Um, so we sort of have Monday, Wednesday, and 9 or 4. Um, and then Thursday and Friday, 9 or 3. And then sometimes we do shoot on the weekend. Um, but um, Is Amelia no bother? Oh, Amelia's just like, yeah, I mean, we, we struggle to get her out of the bedroom. She's like, <laughs> comes in, she gives us our phone because she's not allowed her phone until 7 o'clock after school. Um, and then I, I don't know what she does. I think she just watches series. I think she's just like a box set binger. She's terrible. Um, so like sometimes I have to drag her out but yeah Amelia's just like no bother it is just Penny <laughs> you'll know they just want constant and I think as well because Penny's grown up with us always working from home she doesn't understand that people go to work so it's like <laughs> she'll come in and she'll be like you know blah blah's man she goes out to work and I'm like yeah 
crazy that isn't it and I'm like yeah yeah people do and if I ever say like if she's saying she doesn't like in the holidays if we have found some childcare and she's like I don't want to go I want to stay at home I'll say no we have to go out to work and she gets really upset so I think she like her knowing that we're just always at home um just sort of calms her in a, in a weird way but um but I think it also means that she's been really used to having undivided attention and I think yeah. it's probably our fault as well that she's come in and then she said can we play this and we felt bad because we're sitting on the laptop <laughs> and we don't want to be that parent that always was working um because I guess when you are going out to work your kids don't see any of that where our kids see us on the kitchen bench on my phone and um start I don't know what podcast I heard it on um but she was saying that she makes a uh, an effort to always say what she's... Oh, she was your... It might have been me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, I think somebody was on your podcast and they were saying they make an effort to say, I am on my phone because I'm messaging... Yeah, blah, blah. what's that? I don't know. Someone good. So I've started doing that recently and as I said, I'm, I'm emailing just so that I'm not... Well, for one, that I'm not just scrolling for the sake of it, but also so she knows I'm working because it is... Especially when you've got a teenager who wants to be on her phone 24-7... Um, and you work from your phone, it's really hard to get the balance. Um, So we do try and stay phone-free, like around tea time until Penny goes to bed. Um, Because then Amelia's got her phone back at 7 o'clock and she's gone. Uh, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Lost her. Um, But yeah, I I guess it is just a juggling act because, um, especially through the holidays, you are there, you are present, and they don't understand that there's work to do yeah. because you're there. So they think, well, no, you can just play Barbies with me right now. And then we have straps, so. <laughs> which I'm sure you had. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I wonder as well, like, I think we're quite similar. We've had conversations about this before in that uh, our childhoods and our upbringings were kind of more humble than, than, than the upbringings we've sort of accidentally given to our girls. Yeah. So Ola is here tonight, but, like, now if we go to a hotel and there's no swimming pool, she is... She's outraged. Like, what am I doing to her? Whereas I was like, we went to Blackpool Pontins about twice, yeah. and that was the height of like <laughs> adventure. Um, and I wonder how you balance that because I know I've had a real kind of emotion. I feel like I'm still on it, really, like an emotional and quite a guilt-laden journey with accepting success and accepting affluence and feeling like like how I can feel okay with the fact that I now have enough money in my bank account to, to do the things I want to do but a lot of the people I grew up with and a lot of the people that I feel very close to haven't come on the same journey with me yet yeah yeah it, it, it takes some adjusting and um like we'll pick up Penny and she'll be like we're going out for tea and I'm like no we're eating in the house today and she's like oh. <laughs> and that's that is probably my fault because I hate cooking really really hate it so any chance we get to go out for tea I'll go out for tea or any chance I get have a takeaway I'll get a takeaway um so it's so bad and at the weekend actually we went out for a day at the beach and there was a point and I don't know but then you don't know if it's maybe just a generational thing and maybe they are just you know they just want for everything now um but she was just like what's the next thing so we had her on the beach she's like but I want to go to the arcades yeah we're going to the arcades we've got the arcades later and she's like well you said we're going to the park as well I was like just enjoy what you're doing man (laughs) so it is hard and I guess um definitely sort of Amelia had a very different upbringing because until so uh Dominic isn't Amelia's dad so I didn't meet Dom until she was four or five 
Um, so until that, so for three years I'd been a single mum. Um, like I said, you know, thankfully it was under a Labour government, so it was a little bit easier for us. Um, but it was still hard, and and you know, I had a lot of debt, so I, I had to move back with my mum. Um, just before I met, I lived with my mum for like a year before I met Dom, paying off debt. I think it was like 15, 20 grand a day. Same. Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the best at money management anyway, but I was sort of living like, to, sort of, you know, I would I would pay off my credit card and then I would live off that, what I'd paid off. And yeah. I, it was just a constant cycle. Um, so, yeah, it is really hard and it's it's trying to not raise this spoiled little brat. Um, <laughs> but then you have got the means and then it, it is it is so hard. Um, and like you say, you know, when you talk to friends and family and, and they're sort of not having the same, in the same situation as you are, you, you know, you try to hold back a little bit and, um, like my friend came over, um, she's very organized, my friend, and she came over and she was telling us about this spreadsheet that she'd made for finances, for the monthly finances and you go in and every day you update it and it deducts and I was like, oh my God, I need that spreadsheet. And she was like, come on, then we'll do it. And then, so she was asking me what everything was to input and I was like oh this is good and I don't know why you know she's my best friend and she doesn't think anything of it but you know it does it's it's just so hard I think like what you've spoke about loads of times money is a very difficult conversation and it takes a while to get comfortable yeah yeah and like generally I have a policy where I try not to talk about things until I feel sorted in my head because I, I think it's that thing of when you have a fairly big platform it's like I don't want to say the wrong thing to everybody and send everyone off on the wrong path and then realize I was still dealing with my crap in my head but money I feel like actually the crap is part of it like we have to talk about how it feels awkward and how it feels strange and how it feels miserable when you don't have it and and how like how much shame we attach to that I was so ashamed when I didn't have money and I was shamed by other people for not having money and the difference when you do and and you see that in so many ways and the way you're treated at a hotel and like the way you're treated at a restaurant and it's it's so messed up and I'm really grateful that I actually have the knowledge of what it was like before and I really hope I never ever lose sight of that because I think it keeps you very grounded and it keeps you appreciative of what you do have and I guess that's where some of my horror about raising a child that doesn't have that comes from because <laughs> um, like you say it's hard like when they want something and the means are there you have to find something within you that's like no I'm going to say no as an educational point rather than as a oh it's yeah. a mess it's a yeah. mess but it's also a first world problem so it's like yeah so yeah. it's it's a kind of it's a head fuck yes. I'm allowed to say that it's my own podcast I can swear so you obviously like your income is now kind of mainly Instagram based mm-hmm. is it entirely Instagram based um at the moment yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so people have I think an idea especially if you're not someone who does sponsored content or maybe if you're very early in that kind of journey of doing sponsored content if that's something you want to do and the press definitely really yeah, leans into and like exacerbates this. <laughs> that it's just like such an easy ride. That you're just literally getting your phone and going, oh, snap. Okay, give me thousands of pounds now, please. Yeah. Um, talk me through like a typical working day for you and Boydum. Um, I mean, it, it varies massively. And there have been weeks where we have been insanely quiet. I think sort of last November, October time, we went two weeks without having any work. 
Um, and the first week was like, oh, this is great. We'll just got the pictures. We'll just, we'll just have days out. And then it gets to the second week, you're like, shit, <laughs> where's the work? <laughs> um, so we say that, like, okay, it's the same with any self-employed worker. You know, it's it's never a stable income. But um, at the minute, um, I mean, over December, it really ramped up. Um, and it was, we thought, oh, this is because it's December. And we heard that um, brands spend, like, half of their budget in that one month of the year. Like, um, So we thought, well, it's just December. This is what happens. And then it hasn't really slowed down. So at the minute, we've got um, quite a few projects going on. But sort of, I mean, like you say, we did um, we did a day yesterday shooting for Spotify, and what probably should have taken two or three hours, we drafted in some fi- uh, family health because it was the one that we couldn't have done with just the two of us. Um, it turned into like a six, seven hour job because um, everything that went wrong could go wrong. Our, our tripod broke, and at this point, we had the crane attached to it, and it buckled under the crane's weight, and so we make makeshift stuff and. And then Boy John was in a massive frantic panic the entire day because he thought the battery in the camera was going to die. And, and with the stop motion, once the camera's moved once, you kind of have to scrap the entire thing. So it was really stressful and that wasn't fun. Um, but then also we had another um, image to shoot last night when the girls got home from school, um, which we had a Spider-Man costume for and it didn't arrive in time. So I had to get the medical centre and get back. So yesterday was pretty stressful. But um, usually... Um, I guess we just sort of, we make content as much as we can and we do our sponsored work. They take, you know, varying times. So like the, the one we did with the girls last night was a really quick one and the editing process was really short. But the Spotify one, editing wise, it'll take about five to six hours on top of that. On, on five to six hours that we did. The, spa, the Space Finvaders one that we did the other day, that was 10 hours in total of work. And that was a free, that was, was an ad. So, um so, yeah, it is, I mean, I guess, you know, I think with any industry, there will always be someone who's given it a bit of a bad name. And I guess there is, you know, without a doubt, there is influencers out there who are doing that. Stop, done. Um, and it is frustrating because they're the ones that the media pick up on. Um, whereas with us, I guess, we try to see ourselves not as influencers, more, I guess we're like an advertising team, like a creative team. Um I think that's how we'll probably sort of branch out because it is, you'll know whenever there's like a big scathing article in the press, you're like, but that is not <laughs> what it is. Um, yes, there might be a handful or more that do that, but for the most part, we put a lot of work into, into what we do and it is a, it's a long job as well. It's not nine to five and, you know, because normally I post at night at half nine and then you're sort of replying to comments till about 11 o'clock at night. I do reply to every DM that I get. So... If I put a lot of stories, I've been trying to do more stories. Um, you know, you can get 50, 100, 200 DMs off one story. So when sometimes I'll have to clear a day just to reply to DMs. So it is just a constant cycle. And I think people do underestimate how much work it is. So, but um, yeah, our days are just different every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing to say about that is like, when people hear kind of the numbers that are thrown around influencers and it's always the top end it's always like what the the huge youtubers yeah. get that they throw out there to kind of add sensationalism but it sounds like oh my god it's an awful lot of money for for that one snap but as you described like what they're getting is an art director mm-hmm. like a, a whole team of people coming up with a the concept they're getting the outreach to the audience so that's like the equivalent of the ad in the guardian or whatever mm-hmm. they're getting the editorial like the edit sorry the editing process they're getting the photography they're getting the model they're getting the props yeah. it's all in one and actually 
like the reason that brands are spending so much money on this is because it's still a damn sight cheaper than doing it themselves. Um, and so I think people need to kind of, we, I wish that we could reframe the good influencer content in that way and kind of really start to appreciate the skill set involved and how that is a modern skill set. These are people like yourselves, you, you've just kind of trained yourselves based on the medium available and you've seized an opportunity and to me that's something we should be celebrating like the, the idea that it's being constantly denigrated in the press makes me really sad because you know you've gone from a single mom to someone who can kind of afford to to go on lovely holidays and, and live the kind of life you want to live and that's what an amazing opportunity the, inter the internet has afforded you. Yeah, we were actually literally just talked about this this morning because we um, got a brand um, proposal sort of, I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday last week. We sent over the concept, so the, we sent over the concept, what we thought we would shoot. They agreed it, um, shot it yesterday and um, because the file is so big, so stop motion video that we did, it was 176 images in total. Um, we've got to then get them from the laptop, which is what's connected up the camera while we're shooting to then get on the desktop, which I went in the house, it's pretty rubbish. We built this garden office and the internet's crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, so it, you know, the download time was shown as like seven hours. So I had a message, bear in mind this, this um, isn't due for another two weeks to be actually shared. So they wanted for approval first. Um, so we just sort of messaged saying, look, technical issues, sort of thing, it can't be helped. Um, and they did get quite, uh, not, not too happy about it and I said to Dom this morning I was like I think sometimes even the brands forget that this is a sometimes one person but I was as a two-person team um and it's when we haven't just took a picture of what we're promoting this is the probably the most complex stop motion we've ever done um editing time is still gonna be like six hours um like you say we sourced all the materials we had a peer family member to come and help us for the day these things take a lot of time um so yeah it's not like you say, with, with the edit of the light and then you just everything in, in for us to reuse. Well, maybe one, two, yeah, <laughs> two people, and we're two people. And I think that does go miss a lot. I think people just don't understand. And I, I can't think where who it was who was chatting about it actually. And um, actually, it was when Carolyn shared the article about Miss Hinch, yes. and she sort of broke down what an influencer has to do in a day to day with works, contracts, all that. And a lot of people comment saying, I had no idea yeah. that you're responsible for all of that. And you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sort of, I mean, luckily I've got management now, but before, I mean, I was signing contracts. I was signing my life away. And you just don't know because I've never had to do anything with contracts before. So, yeah. You're in quite a vulnerable position as well. Like I always Massively. think the brand, say the brand has a backlash. Say there's a backlash against sorry, one of your ads for whatever reason. The brand is going to be fine. They're going to move on to the no, next influencer, yeah, yeah. the next egg campaign. They're going to dust themselves off. But for you, that's your whole livelihood. It's you and your partner's whole livelihood. And you don't have a team. There's no team that you can go, okay, we're going to handle this for you. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> it's literally myself. just you Googling, what do I do I now? I say this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it, it is, it's stressful and it's terrifying. And I wonder how do you feel about I mean a lot of the questions I get are people feeling that they've put their eggs in one social media basket so whether it's YouTube whether it's Instagram whether it's blogging but they feel like actually do I need to be on every platform how do I kind of future-proof myself and safeguard against future change what are kind of your thoughts on that um I used to get caught up in the whole 
you need as many revenues as possible. And I do believe that to be true at the minute. It's not that we're not trying other things, but we are quite happy sort of riding the Instagram wave. And, and it's what we do best and it's what we enjoy doing. And because a lot of our images um, can take an entire day, um, we don't have a lot of spare time if we're posting regularly. Um, we are looking at other revenues. So we're looking at doing a clothing line, like just like a very small one. Um, which would like sort of link into the whole artist three. Um, a book? Are we going to get a book? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Goodbye. Just <laughs> pictures, a picture book. <laughs> um, and then we're going to do like a creativity sort of ebook. Just that it would just be on sale for all, like forever. Um, but yeah, but I guess that even with that, if Instagram imploded one day, then that ebook would would be sort of redundant anyway so it is it is tough because a lot of the stuff like how we spoke about the ball with the courses and stuff it feels like you've got another revenue but then i guess if instagram went then you'd be like oh shit that's, that's gone as well um but i just don't think it's going anywhere i've been to so many and it's probably the same with you so many conferences so many panel talks and if anything they're throwing more money at instagram so at the minute i just think every profession has probably had a starting point you know at one point there was probably no electricians or no plumbers and um and sort of no mainstream no magazines and things like that and I think there's just been a massive shift and I guess it's probably scaremongering I don't think it's going anywhere and it, it might the sort of structure and how it works advertising on there might change but I yeah I'm I'm quite happy I'm not scared <laughs> <laughs> I always say, like, there's so much money and power and influence now behind Facebook and influence yeah. and WhatsApp, because that's all the same company. Like, they have got a stranglehold on social media. And I would be in, I would be incredibly amazed if anything could compete. Do you remember Vero, Vero, that yeah. was, like, hot for a weekend? Yeah. Until all of a sudden all these rumours started circulating by quite prominent influencers who were directly DMing a lot of people out of the blue to tell them all these awful rumours about Vero. And I do wonder, like, how... If I if I owned Facebook, if that was my business, I'd certainly have a strategy for, here's a competitor that seems to be threatening us. How are we going to... You'll just buy them out. Yeah, there's always... Yeah, yeah. And, the money's and you've, there. You've got to be some type of person... You've got to be some type of person to be in it because just because you want to have a better app than Instagram. Like, if I started, you know, a social media platform and it was doing really well, if... Mark Zuckerberg came over and offered what, what did he offer for Snapchat it was something insane, insane. like life changing like, okay so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone's got a price so I think you've got to have some money behind it not to let Mark Zuckerberg buy you out <laughs> so he might change it in more Facebook that's the more scary thing is that he could change it in more Facebook style of app which is obviously what we all don't want because everyone hates Facebook but then we say that but we've also got well like, I know I've still, I see it all the time I'm like hey Facebook it's so crap but then I still check in and do you yeah because I've, I've still got notifications so every time I see a notification on any app I'm like what's going on <laughs> um but yeah still, I don't I don't post anything and I don't share photos on there or statuses or whatever but I still go on it and obviously I'm reading statuses so a lot of people still are using it um so I don't know if it would happen I think it would be all like in a few years I hate Instagram but I'm still on it every day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason for my classes. I still use Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And we've researched so many different platforms. We've tried Slack. We've tried various things. 
but Facebook has all of its tentacles into everyone's life. You cannot get away from Facebook. If you've got a notification, you're going to know, and it's going to tell you about it until you stop Pavlovian response <laughs> in your brain. is like, I must check the notification. <laughs> um, but that's the only thing I use it for, so I'm surprised that you are more that's of a... Another, I'm a scroller. A, a Facebook I'm scroller. I'm a very nebby scroller. <laughs> I love to know what's going on. What does nebby I love mean? a bit of gossip. <laughs> or nosy. Doesn't nebby mean nosy? Oh, we've nebby. all learned something. Um, <laughs> well, she's a joke. <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> how and how? What about the algorithm? Like you mentioned, the fear of it becoming more Facebook guys, and actually, I feel like it's go- we're going to be more protected from that because I think they've learned a lot of lessons from their mistakes on Facebook. The way it's basically become the over fifties platform. <laughs> sharing memes from about three years ago like have you seen this hilarious thing oh, those it... <laughs> so you're a 50 year old at um, but I, so I, I do think hope I really, maybe it's hope I think that they've learnt lessons and they're going to take a different path but obviously the algorithm keeps changing and you, you talked about you were kind of really riding a wave where your content was being seen it was being appreciated it was reaching the right people and I know You've talked to me about the fact that that's kind of changed recently. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really reassuring, actually, for people to hear. (laughs) So, (laughs) about be completely honest, in the last... I'm trying to think when this started. So, so in the last two months, we've lost 15,000 followers. Yeah, in the last two months. Um, So, and I... It is just a case of, you know, we always, I used to always say, oh yeah, we lose like 500 followers in a day, but our growth used to equal that out. Um, so it just, it was just like a non-number. We didn't really care about it, didn't give it much attention. These days, because of the fact that we're not going on to explore as much um, or at all. So if I look at some photos that we were doing sort of this time last year, we'd be going and explore, or been saying and explore sort of 200,000 times. Now... I mean, if we do a video, that is quite possible. But um, image-wise, which I know Instagram are apparently pushing videos more, so it makes sense. But image-wise, we'll be lucky if it gets on at all. If, and if it does, it's like 10,000. So it's a huge drop. And then I think hashtags have made a comeback, though, haven't they? Yeah. Revival. Um, <laughs> but I don't think the hashtags that I use are, I know, like, um, sort of travelling ones, like the ones that Carolyn uses, and, like, coffee ones and book ones, they're doing really well at the minute. I mean, sometimes she can get 70,000 views on hashtags, so I don't get that. Um, but, yeah, so I think... I, I guess it is that thing of not being too attached to the numbers, and it, and it is really hard. I mean, there's times where I'm just, like, looking at the social blend, it's just minus, 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 and you're thinking... Um, but... I guess that we know now it's a lot of it will be bots, follows on follows, which are just, you know, are just people who don't want to see it anymore. And you think, well, fair, fair enough, you know. Um, but, yeah, so I, 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 unless we get story shares, um, and even then, even if they do story shares, I don't think a lot of people are clicking through anymore. Yeah. Um, somebody did a story share for us the other day, and she, but she did a real you need to put like a talky one she was like you need to follow this girl da, 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 da. and it was like about three stories long and we got like a thousand followers from that so i think unless you're seeing somebody you need to follow this person doesn't really make a difference that's for us at the minute and but i know i'm still watching some accounts fly like yes. really fly um from what i've seen i don't know if you've seen anything different a lot of them are quite similar in their niche so um 
I knew I followed this fashion blogger years ago when I first started and I think I must have unfollowed her over the years and Amelia brought that to my attention she was like do you and I thought oh I forgot about that girl and I clicked on when I followed her she had a hundred thousand followers and this is only about a year ago she had a million I was like whoa when, when did that happen and I went on a social blade and she was gaining like 50,000 a day and I think from doing a bit of research and a bit snooping um she was one of the first fashion bloggers that, you know, I don't know if any of you have seen it or if it's just my explore but where they'd get changed. Yeah. And they wear, like, different outfits, but it's a video, and they're, like... The, da, 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 da. They do this with the shoes. They always do this. Yeah. <laughs> do that, and then, like, they pop it, like, a bag on and, and, and style. And, actually, I watch them all yeah. the time. Okay. I'm like, oh, you wear like that, right? Um, I think she was one of the first to do that, and now she's on 2.7 million, and this is in a few months. Um, and the, the people that I'm seeing growing do seem to be sharing the similar content. Um... But I don't know if that's just what I'm following and explore. Yeah, I think there's probably trends. Well, the way trends, it's exactly it? the same way it was with you. You were on the right trends yeah. and then it became something that was adopted by everybody. And every trend has a peak mm -hmm. and then it starts to decay. And you can then introduce the next trend, which I think Hopefully. is something you've always been really good at. Um, but that's going to happen, like especially with an algorithm driving content, because an algorithm literally is just going to look and say, loads of people liked this you're probably going to like it too. It's and it's sophisticated, but it's also incredibly simple and often quite stupid. There's an amazing book, seeing as we're in a bookstore, they may well stock it, um, called Weapons of Math Deduction, Destruction, one of those combinations. And it's all about algorithms. It's written by a female scientist who kind of analyzes them. And she talks about this, like algorithms dictate your insurance policy and like which bank account interest rate you get, whether you get a mortgage, and it's quite scary when you realise, actually, they're making a lot of sweeping generalisations and those generalisations are still programmed by humans. Yeah. So although we rely on them to be impartial and to be kind of data-driven, right at the kind of grassroots element of it, they're still human biases in action. Mm. Um, tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it is important to say, like, the numbers will fluctuate, trends will fluctuate, and it, it is about the ebb and flow. And actually, it sounds like for you, you're busier than ever. So losing yeah. followers hasn't changed your business. No, not at all. I mean, work-wise, if anything, it's been our busiest few months. And I did message my manager um, a couple of weeks ago and, like, in a massive stress head, crisis way, like, I'm losing followers and the engagement is down. And she was like, honestly, it's across the board. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, you just be so flippant about it. <laughs> um, but then I know I've met her with her for coffee and I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong, but I'm sure she said brands see 1% to 2% engagement as being all right on a sponsored yeah. post. And at this point, I was at the time, I was getting 10%. I was like, really? Why am I so stressed about this? And I think we do put this, it's like we put this pressure on ourselves. Um, brands actually expect, I think, way less than we expect ourselves. Um but, um, yeah, that was it. No, that's good. Yeah, I have something pinging in my head and it's now left me. This is the reality of podcasts that you don't see because I always edit these bits out <laughs> where we're like, what? What were we saying? What should we say? Um, something you just said pinged with me. What did you say? Uh, <laughs> this is great. 1% um, engagement. Engagement. Um, I don't know. It was, it was great. Anyway, guys, this is 
scene, <laughs> whatever I was going to say. How do you feel about, so we've, ha- we've seen kind of the ASA guidelines. Um, actually, it's more the CMA that put them out, the Competition and Marketing Authority. But they were kind of reinforcing what was already kind of stated in law by the ASA. And there's been a lot of noise about it. There's been quite a few people who feel a bit uncomfortable. And there's also been people who have been like, finally, we're going to get some real clarity around this. Where do you sit on kind of that scale? Um, I'm quite happy. I don't. I, I've never been one to hide ads or gifted. In all fairness, I know like even I watch mainly fashion bloggers, I guess, and even I'm like, whoa, you get a lot of shit. Like they're just open shit all the time, <laughs> and we don't get any like. Unless we're doing work for a brand, that's pretty much the only stuff. I tend to say no to a lot of stuff anyway, um, just because I can't, I'm really, I'm getting better at stories, but at the time I was really bad, so I just kind of couldn't guarantee them, and that would feel bad, and then I would see it like months later and feel really shit that I didn't promote them for them. So I just, I tend to say no a lot, and I think because we've got management now, it sort of filters out a lot of um, gifted stuff. So it hasn't been too hard for us, um, yeah, because I, I don't really, I, I, I don't know if I would feature, I don't really, I, I don't, I'm never in that situation. And I, if I'm right, it's, you say ad gifted if you're, so say you'd been gifted a Topshop top and then you're in stories a few months later promoting something that's from Topshop, saying this Topshop dress, you would have to say ad gifted work with them before. Yes. So I would, only recently I've started doing Outfit of the Days, just happened sort of a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's never really I've never been in that situation where I would have to because I wouldn't talk I don't really talk about brands that much on my stories mm-hmm. so I guess but I'm happy doing whatever I've never been one shy of of my ad work I've always been really proud of it and, and we used to always say because I know there was like this general, general thing that ads didn't do well and it was just like well ads don't do well anyway and we were like well actually no they can yeah <laughs> and a lot of the stuff that we were doing our ad work wasn't it wasn't dropping at all in engagement or anything else um and we've never really had any negative feedback on it even in december we did take on quite a lot of work um and it and you, i don't know i don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're starting to look a bit panicky because you think oh because people really get and I, and I get it you know if it's ad after ad i, I completely get it um, but we 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 did start having a lot, and I was like, oh, getting really nervous to post because um, I was thinking, oh, is this going to be too much? And I was thinking, but it's only for this month. Just give us this month because it will calm down after December. Um, but thankfully, we've never ever had anything anything bad about them, so I'm quite happy. Whatever they say, I'll do. I'll do. I guess for fashion bloggers and maybe interiors as well. I think interiors is quite hard, isn't it? Because yeah, if they've been gifted a paint that's on the wall, then do they have to? Every time, say, this paint was gifted, every time it's featured. I've never heard anyone say paint for painting. This is good. Yeah, oh, paint. oh, no, paint. paint. Okay, I'm with oh, you because I... <laughs> People get gifted paint. I'm sorry. Yeah, only because I think I saw somebody saying that. That's why I'm saying the paint. Yeah, I was like, what? Or wallpaper. People like, get gifted, gifted wallpaper. Paint, yeah. And then, obviously, it features in every photo. Of course, yeah. Do they then have to say? But I think, I, from what I think, it's, it's only if you were then speaking about that brand again, even if it was something that you bought, you would have to say... I bought this, but I have been gifted, and then you would have to say I'd gifted. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah, (laughs) and it kind of makes sense when you think you have a prior relationship with that brand. So, like, you and I were both involved with Taylors. Mm -hmm. We're not at the moment, but 
because I worked with Taylor so closely and I got to see like the behind the scenes of how they make their tea and coffee, I'm like the biggest Taylor's fangirl now. <laughs> and whenever I can buy it, I'm like, this is Taylor's. Like, Taylor's are amazing. But that's because I've worked with them. Yeah. Um, and it's also because they genuinely have like the, the values that, um, that appeal to me. But that just that relationship should be disclosed because you put a lot of trust in the people you follow on social media, especially influencer content, because it feels like a personal recommendation. Mm -hmm. And we do need to know when it's not. We really yeah, all yeah. need to know when it's not. And I think as well, again, I, I don't know if it maybe is for me and you as much, but I think in the fashion, fashion world in particular, I think, you know, I, even I look at some fashion bloggers and I think, bloody hell, like your outfits cost you like £2,000, £3,000. But then when you sort of realise that it was all gifted, that you look at it very differently. And you think, it's not that I begrudge them at all. or I, th I, it, I think it just makes it a bit more clearer for me sitting at home to think, all right, well, so you, actually that's not affordable. And actually, you know, if you're the same age as a fashion blogger and she's wearing a £3,000 outfit and, and you can't reach that, I can totally see how that, might um make you feel like your life is shit yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and so I think I think it's it is really important and I'm quite happy to do it you know if um because like you see I mean I worked with Lucy and Yak and I've got the same thing with Lucy and Yak I absolutely I worked with them last year but because of that I had a really lovely relationship with them and they've got the same values as us and I just love everything they do um but I've bought so much since then but I am happy to say because I guess the reason I bought them is because I did work with them and then I've got that relationship and, and got to know them more. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's safer for everybody and it's, it, it just gets everything really clear and everybody knows where they stand. Um, yeah. I am writing a post actually at the moment that is how to spot undisclosed sponsored content because I think once you know, you really know. Yeah, that's good. And um, it's a good weapon because even Amazon reviews like these days, if you ever look at the Amazon review for like a beauty product or an electrical product that's being mass produced there's definitely paid reviews in there mm. a warning sign is when there's like five photos including the packaging because ah. I always think what person is like here's my lipstick but here is every stage of me unwrapping it just out of the generosity of my heart um so yeah this is kind of like one of my bugbears because I think the internet started as this amazing place like I would do so much research before I bought something and read what bloggers thought and read what Instagrammers thought and now you're like but it is this paid? Is this not paid? Is this genuine? And it feels like kind of a waste of this communication tool we have if we're not going to just be up front and just talk, just talk about what's, what's really happening. So I wonder, like, three years, but an awful lot's changed for you. What have you personally learned? How have you personally changed along the way? Do you feel like you're exactly the same person you were when you started off? Or do you feel like it's kind of helped you grow, helped you evolve? Um, no, I've, I, I hope I'm a bit different. Uh, <laughs> I was, um, no, I guess... You've got really different hair. <laughs> yes, I have, actually. Yes. I've had a few different... Yeah, but actually, yeah. I think when I started, I had long auburn hair. Then I had silver hair. I, yeah, God, yeah, that is very different. <laughs> and now I'm in the 30s club, when I wasn't three years ago. Um, but, yeah, I guess... I, I do love Instagram for that, in that... Um, where we live, it's like, it is Durham, but sort of like 15 minutes out of Durham. And it's, it's just, it's very, it's like a very small community. And, you know, like, we don't have these conversations that happen on Instagram. And I guess 
Um, so Instagram, in that way, it's opened my eyes to so much stuff in the world, which I'm really thankful for. Um, but yeah, I guess, it, you know, we've, we've, you sort of like live your life on Instagram. So you, you learn what not to do and you, and you learn a lot about yourself as well. Cause then if I've put, if I've said something wrong or done something wrong, you know, people will tell you that. And, but you know, it's about learning from it, I guess. And yeah, I guess we've just grown. And I guess as a, as a businesswoman as well, you know, I was working in a call centre where I was micromanaged and every break was at one this time and you weren't allowed any time off and it was just very rigid, very strict. Um, so it, it took a lot of getting used to because I am pretty bad when it comes to productivity. I'm really bad. <laughs> I am like terrible. I am getting a lot better and I am getting better at sitting down and like, right, get your shit together no, you can't go and watch a box set this afternoon. You've got to do this. Um, so I think, you know, it teaches you so much. When you're doing it as a job, it teaches you so much about business world. And, you know, I, when I remember when I first started applying to brands, when I first started working with them, Dom had been doing it for years because he'd always worked with clients. And I was just like tiptoeing around them and be like, oh, but, but you know, if I just do this. Like, and he was like, just begin tell them straight. Tell them no, you're not doing it. But I'll just say it like this and I'll sound really nice. Yes. <laughs> it just, um, so, yeah, in, in, in that sense, um, I get life-wise, probably just the same people, but uh, business-wise and work-wise, um, we've learned a lot with what we can do, like creativity as well. We've definitely grown massively creativity wise um but yeah i don't know that's a hard question i didn't tell you i was going to ask that did i <laughs> surprise question <laughs> i think we've probably got time to ask a few questions from the audience does that feel okay yes. um so we might have to pass the mic around a little bit but does anybody have a question for dominique or for, oh, for both of us <laughs> um i should have warned you i always think you need a five minute warning that's what laura did at the previous podcast oh, so i'm really i'm not the host that laura jane williams is. i'm not the host that laura when you hear the podcast <laughs> i recorded with laura jane she was like she's so ridiculous she was like a tv presenter the lady over here's got a hand up so thank you hi um i just wonder if um, growing up did you think you were creative oh good question yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, I was we. I was more into sort of English. Um, it was mainly English and drama I used to love. Um, but I, I'm I'm really bad at drawing. So when I was at school, even though it was only sort of 15, 20 years ago, if you weren't good at art, as in like the traditional sense of art, then you just weren't good at. You weren't very creative, and I just sort of let that happen. Um, I still can't draw, but <laughs> I guess I just, I guess Instagram is particularly makes you look at things very differently. So, and it is really strange now because we see Penny doing it. Penny more so than Amelia, but uh, Penny will sort of, like we're driving along in the car one day and she was like, look, ma'am, those lampposts look like a hammerhead shark. And it was one of those double headed. And I was like, really does? Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Um, so I think, it, you know, it, being on Instagram obviously involves that as well. But yeah, in the short answer, no, I definitely, definitely didn't. And I think being in the jobs, with, with this being a, um, a mum at sort of 19, I just I didn't go to university and I just sort of had to take whatever job. And it was a call centre because there's loads of call centres where I'm from. Um, and you just get stuck in this rut. And the only thing I could get creative with was how I was going to sell a mobile phone to somebody. That was pretty much all I could do. <laughs> Hi. And this is a question about your book. 
My books that I wrote. <laughs> That's a very polite question. I appreciate you asking it. Um, yeah, it's a compendium of everything I've learned personally and also from teaching classes and so many conversations about Instagram at various events. I'm always that person who's like, get your phone out, show me your account. So it's, it's all that nerdery kind of distilled into these are all the lessons I've learned. These are all the things I've seen that have worked for me or have worked for other people. Um, because I know it's so important to so many people and we're all kind of, we're constantly told it matters and it's the way to build our business, but then there's not a lot of information about how. And the information you do get can feel quite soulless and it can feel quite um, cold. And a lot of the time it's quite shady. Like it's like, oh, you just need this botting software or you just need X, Y, Z. So I wanted to write a book that was like, actually, there's another way. And you don't need 500,000 followers in order to get started and to do what you want to do. These are the things you need and you actually already have them wherever you are in life. So I hope, I really hope that it that it's valuable to everybody in different types of kind of situations, trying to achieve different things. That was really my hope and my aim with writing it. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Has anyone else got questions? Um, hi. Hi, Fair. Um, this question for you, Dominique. I, have, I, I follow you on Instagram, I still follow you, and it's very inspirational. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And my question is, Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. But how much do you think resulted in your success in Instagram due to being the right time in the right place or hard work and research behind? So I'm just going to say that for the microphones for the podcast. Your question was like, how much do you attribute your success to being right time, right place? Um, and how much do you think could happen anyway? Yeah, I think... Uh, like we were talking about with the trends, I think we just happened to step on a really good trend at the time and it was what people were after. I think now it's completely different, which is we're sort of seeing the repercussions of that. Um, but I do think that, you know, it's, it's, I know people say it's too saturated, nobody can start, you know, just forget about it. And I just think that's a load of shit. <laughs> I think everybody can start and every, I mean, Mrs. Hinch, if, you know, a year ago, if someone said to us, there's going to be this woman and she's going to clean on our stories and she's going to get two million followers. We'll be like, <laughs> never going to happen. With an entirely grey house. Yeah, well. <laughs> just yeah. a grey house. I remember actually when she, uh, off the top of the book, she went, we were talking about um, Yanti text and she was like, what is it with this woman? Our house, it's, our feed is really boring. And I was like, no, 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 it's our stories. It's all in our stories. But I think there has been so many different things. You remember the girl who did the templates? Yeah, she, Sunday chapter. Sunday chapter. So she just out of nowhere started creating these story templates and everyone would fill them in, share them. And it went mental, didn't it? Like, I think she gained like 400,000 followers in a few days because of these templates. Here. So I think there is something for everybody. It is just trying to find what that thing is. I mean, at the minute, we're kind of having one of those what do we do next moments. And it's just a lot of trial and error and and kind of figuring it out. I think stories are really valuable at the moment, and I know a lot of people who've grown a lot from stories because at the minute, stories tend to be what we're all watching. Um, but yes, I think it, it, it is, you know, it is a trend. And like you said, the algorithm, I think at the minute, we always say because people like Amelia, like the teenagers, they are like the makeup tutorials, they're getting dressed videos. So I feel, I feel like at the minute that's what Instagram's focused on, but I know within a few months that'll be old news and it'll be something else. Um, 
it's just sort of keeping up with it and, and finding your own voice. And, and, and I think as well, when we first started though, um, it was slightly before the algorithm kicked in, it was still very much hashtags, being top posts and hashtags and just getting out and sort of networking online was a huge thing. And I would spend hours and hours going, I mean, I still try and spend as much as I can sort of being out in the community as well um, and replying to DMs and all that. So I, I still think that is key as well. Um, because everybody sort of bigs it, and especially when story shares work so well, if you can find a lot of people to support you, and that sort of helps you grow. As well. Yeah, I would say it is an element of right place and right time for mm -hmm. everybody for mm -hmm. any kind of success. Yeah, yeah. But you have the potential, like the possibility is there to kind of research what the right time and right place is, and at least put yourself kind of in the pool of people who might might hit upon it. Yeah. Um, and not all the time, like that's not something you can maintain and it's fine to let it ebb and flow and be like, oh, this month I'm going to really try and be kind of viral or be kind of hitting people's explore page. And some of the other time you're like, actually, I'm just going to really appreciate the community I've already got and give them what they need yeah. to feel met by what I'm producing. Yeah, we all, I think we all get our time to shine and hopefully it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't slowed down, I'm hoping it does come back. Um, but if it doesn't, you know, if we've getting to a nice stage anyway, but like, like even with yours, I'm sure it's sort of, you know, if somebody followed your steps right now, it might not result in the same sort of growth or yeah. sort of the same sort of journey. And it's probably the same with us. Um, Nothing's ever linear nah, as well. Just, like it's, yeah, it's stop, start, it's backwards and forwards. Yeah, the whole thing is just winging it really, aren't we? we yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping no one, just, no one yeah. knows. Just create photos that you love and, and get a lovely community and then a sort of, and you never know, and if you cut in a few months, your what you love might be the viral stuff and the trend stuff, and it'll take off. But like, but like Sarah said, it, it definitely doesn't take a half a million followers to to be successful. I know loads of people who are doing really well on Instagram who've got sort of way way less than that. Yeah, and also I know people who have got more than that and have still not not been able to turn that into a business or to yeah. something that kind of supports yeah, yeah. their lifestyle. So it's not the kind of guaranteed ticket to success. Yeah that it's, it can feel like it. I know you spoke, you speak about your sort of community a lot and I think that's definitely like the clothing line that we're going to we plan on doing. Um, we know now that the, the community we've got, it's a, because it's going to sort of be linked to all that as three and it's going to be sort of a mini-me type um, sort of ethical, sustainable sort of line. We know that it's probably going to do quite well. God, I shouldn't say we know. <laughs> but fingers crossed we've got the audience there that it, w it will be attracted to. So, um, Whereas if you were launching a line of like lawnmowers, yeah. that might have been more we're difficult. Like, we're, we're <laughs> um, or beauty or anything like that, because I've never spoke about beauty and it's not really my forte. So they would be a bit like, right, well, it's not going to do that well because we, we don't trust what you're saying. But I think, yeah, so it's about building a community from the photos that you do and the photos that you love. Um, and then you get all these lovely little revenues streaming off it. I think we've got time for one more question if anyone's feeling brave. Yes. You've talked loads about kind of trends and we've talked about how kind of Instagram's definitely become more story based and people are way more intentional and the bar's much higher in terms of the type of content that people share and like the quality of mm. the type of shots. Like I remember when I first joined and when I first started blogging, it was like shots in your back garden. <laughs> yeah. Post and now, like you know, fashion bloggers are all in amazing locations, and it's all about travel. Yeah. Um, I just wondered if we could talk a little bit more about kind of what you think about the whole 
Instagram with intention movement that we've got now where people are being very, very pro, do you think that that will continue in the future or do you think we'll go kind of back to basics and it'll be a bit more ad hoc? I think there's obviously a reason stories are doing so well. And I think although we do engage with these really preened and perfected photos, there is obviously a side of us that wants a little bit more and more and ready. Um, like Mrs. Hinch. Mrs. Hinch. Like literally, we're watching videos of someone hoovering every day. <laughs> no, it's so I'm, I'm watching it every day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess, I think with anything, people do get tired. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think it's cyclical and it always has been. It was with blogging. I don't know how many of you, I suspect quite a lot of you were kind of aware of possibly blogging in the early days of blogging. And it started so raw and real. It was like live journal where you would just mm. pour your heart out online, your teenage heart quite often, which was <laughs> fun. Uh, mine's still out there somewhere. Oh, no. um, and then it became more and more professional. So you got to this point where everybody's website was like the most professional. Everyone had the perfect template. Their photography was amazing. And it lost some of its appeal. And I think that that's why the window of opportunity of social media came along, because we were ready for something more real. And everyone was like, okay, I like your blog, but I'm gonna follow you on Instagram to see the real story. And gradually then we've realized, actually, let's get more perfect and more perfect and more perfect on Instagram. And so stories comes along. And I think this is a pattern we're going to see repeating and repeating online. And all I would say is, if that type of really stylized, perfected image, imagery doesn't appeal to you, doesn't feel like it's honest to you, doesn't feel reflective of your life, then don't go there. Like, and I talk about this in the book, like whatever appeals to you is what's going to appeal to your audience. Whatever feels honest to you is what's going to feel honest to your audience. And actually... It's about kind of not looking at what everyone else is doing. That's how you get ahead of a trend is by saying, well, what, what is it I want? What is it that I'm interested in? Because the chances are if you're interested enough to be seeking it out, so will other people. And that's where the momentum comes from. Okay, so uh, we have some more. Hashtag Mirabeau Wine, <laughs> at Mirabeau Wine. Um, and it is the perfect shade of, of rosé. I have a, I don't know if any of you have seen it on my stories chart, but like the more red the rosé, the, the more like Ribena it tastes. And the more, <laughs> the more this colour it is, the more like delicious and summery it is. I can't normally drink wine and I actually... It is, yeah. yeah. I was very like, it's the, and they're from Provence. That's like my, I don't know so anything about wine. Like wine but whenever I'm in a restaurant, I'm like, Provence, rosé, blush, yes. Like that's, <laughs> that's my one wine fact. Um, so you help yourselves. I'm going to be signing books if anyone wants, either if you've bought one tonight or if um, you've already got one and you've brought it with you, I'm very happy to sign it. All the quite enjoys a book signing as well. So if anyone would like <laughs> a small stick man or um, she's kind of hoping that some people might, but no pressure. Um, and yeah, just come and have a chat with us yeah. really. But thank you so much to everyone for coming. We thank really you. appreciate it. <laughs>